Good morning, New Life Church. No, I always find it kind of entertaining when we st- we have to start right at 10 now, right? Because we we're on the, the, the live stream thing. But all growing up, I remember nobody would barely be here until 10 after 10. It was like, we might as well change our start time to 10 after 10, right? So I always use our first song to just welcome everybody in through the doors. All the parents dropping their kids off downstairs are going to come up while we sing. So let's all rise together and... Uh, just bring glory to the name of God this morning. And I'm really excited to do that. I'm excited that the smoke is gone. I can breathe. It was a rough week singing. <laughs> so yeah, I hope you guys had a great week, and I'm excited to worship the Lord with you guys this morning.
Thank you, Jesus, that we're here this morning, Father. I just pray that you reveal yourself to us, Father. I pray that you show us your will, that you show us your way, God, and that you just fill us with more of yourself, that you might, you become greater, God, that we become less. In your holy name. You may be seated. We count it a privilege to worship not only with our songs, but also with our tithes and offerings this morning. Uh, this offering is for um, Brand New Life Society, which Fernando Trevino runs in Bogota, Colombia. Um, he does wonderful work. Uh, we listened to him talk uh, a month ago, and sh he shared wonderfully with this congregation. And he does wonderful ministry in Bogota. So you can give in either one of those boxes in front of me or any of the ways behind me uh, during this next song. And before we give, I'd like to read um, 2 Corinthians 9, 6-8. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all you need, you will abound in every good work.
Well, good morning again. We're happy that you're here. Just turn to the person next to you and say, hello, I'm happy you're here this morning. All right. Well, good morning again. Welcome to New Life Church. If you don't know me, my name is Janessa Gritter, and I am the worship and youth pastor here at New Life. If you are a guest or a visitor, we are so happy you're here. We'd like to extend a special welcome to you. Our, our mission here at New Life is to touch lives with the transforming love of Jesus. And we hope that through our worship and our teaching this morning that you are able to come to know him in a deeper way. So if you are new, in front of you will be a Connect card. And please fill that out, put your name, drop it in the uh, info booth in the front there, and we get to, we will connect with you further, get you the information that you uh, need to know. And if you do, you get one of these wonderful bags, which I really want, but they won't give to me. Um, so do that, get a bag. We'd love to connect with you more. For those of you watching online, another special welcome to you. Hello. Hello. We're happy that you're here uh, with us uh, virtually, and please just put in the chat where you're from, who you're watching with. Uh, we'd love to um, enrich that community on the online chat. So a couple of announcements. The first announcement um, is not really an announcement, but whenever I'm up here, I love to just share about the ministries that I'm shepherding and what's happening in them. And one of those is youth. Um, so at youth, a couple of weeks ago, we had uh, kind of a fun game and opportunity. Uh, I uh, spoke on talking about how sometimes as Christians, we don't just get to see the full picture because God has the full picture. So part of what it means to follow God is just to trust him fully. And to kind of illustrate that, what we did is we had the youth build this thing of Lego, and one of them, they were in groups of three, one of them couldn't hear, one of them couldn't see, and one of them couldn't talk. And the person that couldn't see had to build it, and the person that couldn't hear had to relay the instructions, and the person that couldn't talk had to give the instructions. And it was a really fun time. There was a lot of uh, yelling and frustration, but um, I think it was a really good uh, way to, to teach to these kids what it means to be a Christian. So that was lovely. Um, the second announcement that I have is the New Life Connects class. Uh, if you don't know what that is, that's a class that Pastor Nathan teaches about New Life. Um, it's our membership class, so you come hear about New Life's beliefs, New Life's history, our values, our mission. Uh, it's a wonderful time, and it's over lunch, which we love. I think we'll have super soup and buns, but jury's still out on that. Um, it starts November 6th, so that's two Sundays from now. It's a great time. You get to be with um, other people who are learning more about new life, and that's for three, uh, November 6th, three Sundays after that. And just so we know numbers, please uh, sign up so we know if you're coming, newlifecrc.ca slash events. Second one is the prayer wall. So if you don't know, a couple years ago we started this prayer wall um, to connect with our community further, to pray with each other, to pray for each other, and it's on our New Life app, which is, we have an app, if you don't know, it's pretty cool. Um, so if you'd like to just pray within our community, pray for our community, we'd love to just have you join us in prayer. So download that app. 
um, go to the prayer wall. You can add prayer requests yourself. You can add them anonymously, or you can go into specific prayer requests. We know that there's been a lot within our congregation recently, and you can comment and commit to pray for others in our congregation. Thirdly, I don't know what number I'm at now. I'm just adding numbers. Uh, GEMS Fun Script Fundraiser. So if you don't know, GEMS is our girls program for uh, girls in grades three to seven. Uh, and they meet on Tuesday nights twice a month. They just went to the corn maze. They had a great time. And the heart of this ministry is to help uh, disciple girls in their faith and to teach them how they can develop an intimate relationship with God. And in order to make this program more affordable for the parents and to help foster some ownership and responsibility for the gems, they run a couple of fundraisers over the year. And one of them is the FunScript fundraiser. So they are selling gift cards of a lot of different, um, from a lot of different places, anything you want. Christmas is 66 days away. So if you need a Christmas gift, if you're that much of an early bird, uh, get them, get them now. Um, They will be out in the foyer October 30th, November 6th, so you can fill out a form and uh, get your gift card for these wonderful um, girls. And lastly, we have a craft fair that is happening November 18th and 19th. That is a Friday night and a Saturday. Um, We have some lovely women in our congregation that make some wonderful pieces of art, soap, candles, abstract paintings. Um, Again, if you need a Christmas gift, this is a great place to go do that. Great place to just have more community and connection within our church. Um, And a portion of those proceeds will go to our women's ministry as well. So craft fair, November 18th, 19th. Great time. I'll be there. It'll be fun. Our kids dismissal and our a fellowship time. So we have a fellowship time of three minutes. The first purpose uh, for that is so you can meet each other, meet someone new, talk to someone about their week. Um, and the second reason we do this is so the kids can be dismissed. So uh, grades, nope, years three to five and grades one to five, um, they go out those separate doors. If you're confused at all, don't know where to go, uh, talk to someone who looks like they know what they're doing, or I think there'll be someone at the door there to help you as well. And so we're going to start our three-minute fellowship time. I'll leave you to do that. Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. Lord turn his face toward you and keep
Welcome again to New Life. Glad you're here. All right. Well, so before we uh, carry on with uh, listening to God's Word, um, I have a friend here today, uh, and he uh, teaches in Lithuania, and uh, he is out here uh, for some meetings uh, with Resonate Global Mission uh, in Vancouver this week, and uh, so we have the opportunity to hear him. I figured that uh, being from Lithuania, he could give us some perspective uh, and uh, just help us to relate to uh, what's going on in Ukraine. Uh, Lithuania, uh, where he lives, uh, where Steve lives, uh, is in uh, is uh, one country away from Ukraine. I have a map here, so there you go. Just uh, in case you don't know Europe that well, um, that's across the ocean, and uh, yeah, you, you see Lithuania there, and then uh, Ukraine is just uh, to the south uh, east of that. So, uh, with that, I'd like to introduce uh, Steve Vanzanen, a longtime friend. Uh, We go way back uh, when we lived in Massachusetts uh, for a couple of years. We met Steve and his wife, Chris, and uh, I would stay overnight there while I was going to school uh, part-time and uh, at Gordon-Conwell Seminary, uh, which is where Steve was at. And uh, yes, uh, he's pastored uh, several churches. How many churches? Only one church. And then, uh, <laughs> what do I know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Close friend, we keep in touch all the time. Well, hey, come on. Lithuania is far away. 
and I've not been there. Uh, Steve, why don't you uh, talk instead of me? Thank you so much for that introduction. <laughs> yes, yeah, so uh, uh, the church that I pastored actually was in West Central Minnesota, where Artie is from, and her cousin signed the letter of call because he was clerk of that council. So we, uh, we've been connected in, in many ways. And then when I got to the World Missions offices in 2003, Artie's other cousin uh, was uh, the assistant in that office, uh, Marcia Brower. So I worked with her for, for six years, uh, 12 years in the office, but six years very directly. So it's good to be with you. And it's always good to be in churches and to remember again that the ministry that we do uh, as Resonate Global Mission, whether it's in Europe uh, or Asia or Latin America, is a ministry that is supported by the churches. And so we're grateful for your support through ministry share, through offerings, through all the ways that you pray and, and uh, give uh, to make this ministry happen. February 24, 2022 is a day that will be long remembered in the part of the world that we are familiar with. That's the day when Russia launched an unprovoked and violent attack on a neighboring country simply for the purpose of dominating and intimidating them and for exerting their will uh, against them. And for us in Lithuania, this is huge, not just because of the fact that we are relatively close in terms of geography, but also because 30% of our students are Ukrainians. So one of those students, Yulia Sirovatka, uh, came to my office and explained to me that her parents and, and sister in Kharkiv were regularly communicating with her once a day. They would come up out of the basement where they were hiding from the bombardment and just reassure her that they were still okay. And one day she came to my office and said, they didn't answer. But praise God, they, they were okay. It was just a glitch in the communication, and, uh, and they're still okay. In fact, her sister is now in Klaipeda with us uh, and is hoping ultimately to go to LCC herself, as her sister did. It's become a haven for Ukrainians to be away from the war zone and into a place of safety. In fact, a bunch of our faculty and staff members have welcomed Ukrainians into their homes uh, in order to provide them with a, a place of security uh, in these difficult times. So 30% of our students are Ukrainians. 80% of them are nominal or non-Christians. And of course, the question is often asked, why in the world would nominal or non-Christians decide to attend a Christian university like ours? And the answer is because the whole thing operates in English, and it represents for them a window to the West. Some of them are really intending to immigrate West, and others want to get into uh, businesses or NGOs or whatever that are connected to the West. And to do that, you really have to have high-level English. So operating, uh, going to a school that operates in English is a big draw for them. Uh, a number of our students uh, would have loved to come to Canada or the U.S. or Britain, uh, but they couldn't manage that for financial or visa reasons, and so uh, they, they come to us instead. And it gives us a tremendous opportunity to share the gospel with them. So we're a Christian university, 
with 80% nominal and non-Christian students who all have to take two semesters of Bible and a Christian worldview course and an ethics course. And I'm privileged to teach that uh, Bible sequence. So introducing them for the first time. I, I do a little quiz at the beginning. I ask them, you know, can you put content with these names? And I give it to them in multiple languages even. And 80% of them have no idea who Abraham or, or David or Peter or Paul are. Nothing. They just can't, can't put any content to those names. So sharing the, the story with them is a great privilege and a great opportunity. And you're going to see in a minute uh, a little video clip where some of them talk about the impact uh, that this has had uh, on their lives. So, uh, of course, we handle this carefully. Uh, our theme verse is from 1 Peter 3, that you should always be ready to uh, give a reason for the hope that you have, but to do this with gentleness and respect. And we aim to follow that direction uh, in the way that we teach. We also have a theology major. And uh, Nathan said I could advertise. Uh, so, you know, if you've got a 17-year-old in your household and they're looking for a Christian university that costs 10% of the U.S. sticker price, uh, have I got a deal for you. So you actually pay way less for the full cost there than you would for housing in North America. So keep that in mind. Uh, I am also the leader of the Europe team. So uh, that's the reason I'm here. Uh, other uh, regional leaders from Phnom Penh and Cairo and Busan, Korea, uh, and uh, Managua, Nicaragua, we're all going to be together at the UBC campus for the next week. Uh, so one of my responsibilities then is to recruit for that purpose. So we are looking right now for a new missionary or missionary couple to serve in Germany, where uh, David Krominga and his wife Mary Butine uh, are serving in a ministry with refugees and uh, finding that worship and community life in simple German is an attraction to newcomers to their city, many of whom are from the Middle East, Central Asia, Nominally Muslim, but who have often seen the darkest side uh, of that, uh, that, that worldview. And so they come to Germany and they say, what is going on in the world and, and is there something better? So, um, yeah, one, one other thing I'd like to highlight and that is uh, the partner missionaries uh, that, that serve with us in Lithuania. So we have uh, people who are teaching philosophy and international relations and development and English. Uh, the chaplain at LCC is also a uh, Resonate Partner Missionary. So the contribution that the CRC is making in this university is huge. And I think you'll see from the video that it's also significant. So let's watch that uh, few minutes uh, of student testimonies, especially from LCC. I came to LCC a strong atheist um, and then I attended an alpha course and that sort of nudged me towards God a bit more um, and I was talking to people and reading lots of books about trying, you know, trying to figure out who is this God guy? Why is everybody so obsessed with him here? 
Like as a freshman we have to attend Bible classes, so I attended Steve's Bible class, um, both semesters, and I had so many questions! Oh my gosh, I still have so many questions. But um, that was really good because that was the first time anybody actually wanted to engage in a conversation with me about who God is, what the Bible is, what happened, what, who's doing what, and what's going on here, and why does this matter? which was really, really helpful to me, and I really enjoyed that, and I really needed that. <laughs> Before coming to LCC, um, I had some questions about my religious beliefs, but my family never really talked about God at home, so I didn't really have people around me who would uh, help me to navigate those questions, and only when I came to LCC I actually could find some of those answers with the help of my Christian friends and professors and the classes that I take and also Alpha course really helped me a lot to find some of those answers. At this point in my life I feel like I really changed in my heart. I feel like my heart is transformed by Holy Spirit and um, well partially because of professors and my friends and all the things that I did like such as Alpha course and like starting to attend church really like poured into my spiritual growth so I feel like I'm now more at peace with my relationship with Jesus and I feel that I want to fully commit to him all right isn't that amazing? That in that part of the world, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Steve, uh, for sharing, uh, giving us a bit of a window on um, man. In that part of the world, when such horror goes on, uh, the gospel continues to be heard, and um, and it transforms lives. That's amazing. So I want to, uh, I want to carry on. Uh, let's, let's pray together and uh, bless the work that uh, Steve and his wife Chris are doing uh, at LCC uh, in Lithuania, which, by the way, um, I didn't know this. Um, I was mentioning it to Kevin DeWoldy. Uh, DeWoldy's, you, you've been there, right? You taught in LCC? 2008, yes, excellent. So um, uh, after the service... Uh, if, if you're more interested to hear uh, some of the stories from uh, Steve, uh, why don't you meet upstairs in 303. Sorry, there's not going to be any soup and buns. We just kind of scrambled this together. Uh, but uh, meet upstairs uh, in the big room there and um, raid the fridge if you need something good. Uh, I don't know what's in there, but um, you'll probably steal from the women's ministry. But um, <laughs> anyways, uh, meet upstairs, 303, and then... Um, yeah, here's some more stories of Steve. I, I just want us to get, get together and uh, pray uh, for the work of ministry of Resonate uh, and then also uh, just lift up our world. Um, it's not just in the Ukraine that there's war. Uh, there's continuing war in Ethiopia, which we have a special relationship with as well. Uh, in northern Ethiopia, the civil war carries on. Uh, in Iran, there's been some terrible uh, uh, unrest and uh, in many other parts of the world. So let's uh, lift that up to God. Almighty Father, we praise you that you have the world in your hands. Thank you, God, that the gospel continues to go forth. 
Thank you that by your Holy Spirit, lives continue to be transformed even through the the evils uh, of this world. God, uh, it does not hinder you. And so we give you all the praise. Thank you for the work that uh, Steve uh, and his colleagues are doing at LCC, at uh, Lithuanian University there. And uh, Father, we pray that you will continue to bless that work. Thank you for the testimonies that we could hear this morning of changed lives. And uh, we pray, Father, uh, that you will continue to bless uh, that work and the work of Resonate Global Mission uh, throughout the world. Uh, Thank you for all of the opportunities that you uh, place before us. We pray, God, that you will continue to provide uh, people who will, uh, yes, go to distant places uh, to be able to uh, witness of your love and grace in their life and uh, to extend that love and grace into the lives of others. God, we uh, are aware um, that our world is a mess. So much violence, so much terror, so much war, so much hatred. God, we pray that, that you will bring your peace into our world. We pray, God, for Ukraine. We pray that the, uh, the Russian war would stop. We pray, God, uh, that uh, you will bring peace to the people of Ethiopia. We pray, God, that um, there will be uh, settlement in Iran with so much uh, cultural unrest there. And we pray, God, uh, that throughout the world, your gospel will continue to be proclaimed. And so as we gather here to hear your word, we pray that it may touch our lives and that that gospel will transform us so that we can be light in a world of darkness. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, well, so, so being mindful of, of all of the horrors in our world perhaps causes us uh, to ask, God, why do you let this happen? Why, why, wouldn't it, wouldn't, couldn't you do something about this just to make it stop? It, it, people suffer. And it's not just in our world, but perhaps even... Uh, I guess in, on a smaller scale, but no less significant, even in our own lives. Stuff happens and we, we go, God, why? Why did you let this happen? Can't you do something about it? Well, we're in a series of messages. Uh, we started last week uh, with Nahum. He's uh, right there on the bottom there. Uh, that's Nahum right there. And uh, this week we're going to cover Habakkuk. Habakkuk is in the top left corner over there. Uh, that's, uh, if you were wondering what he looks like, there he is. Um, and Habakkuk addresses this whole question of, of wrestling with the, the horrible things that happen in our world and in our lives and to ask God why. And, and is that allowed? Is it allowed 
that we can ask God why. Now, just a little bit of background. Habakkuk uh, is the prophet uh, that's um, speaking uh, in the time between Israel having gone, uh, been exiled to Assyria, and uh, so after that, and just before Judah um, has, uh, is, is about to be exiled to Babylon. So there's a switch in world powers. First it was Assyria. They take the northern tribes of Israel. And then uh, Babylon rises to power, and they take um, uh, Judah and uh, conquer Jerusalem in 586 B.C. Uh, so you got the timeline there. Um, and, and this is God's people that we're talking about. And, and such horrendous things are happening, not only to the Israelites, but within, within the nation of Israel, within the nation of Judah. Horrible things are happening. There's a, a, an awful king, uh, King Jehoiakim II, and uh, man, he's responsible for all kinds of oppression, all kinds of immorality, all kinds of injustice, and people are having a hard time going, really, are we still the people of God? And they're asking why is all this bad stuff happening? So um, uh, we're just going to go through uh, the book. It's just three chapters long. Pretty straightforward outline. I've outlined it here for you uh, quick a minute. Basically, it consists of this uh, in the, that slide. Uh, Habakkuk's complaint and then God's answer. Then Habakkuk continues the complaint. God answers again with a conclusion and then uh, the book ends with this wonderful prayer uh, in Habakkuk 3. So, uh, we'll, we'll just go briefly through this. And essentially, we want to wrestle along with Habakkuk in terms of wondering, can we, can we ask God why this is happening? See, we, we have this phrase, right? Ours is not to question why. And... And perhaps to a certain extent that's true. And it sounds pious enough. The problem is that it also denies our real feelings. When we realize the horrors in our world or when we experience frustration, confusion, disruption, suffering in our own lives, that question's going to come up. Why, God? If you're a good God, why? Why? And so that's the question that Habakkuk starts with uh, in this little book. The prophecy that Habakkuk, the prophet, received. Habakkuk chapter 1. How long, Lord, must I call for help, but you don't listen? Or cry out to you, violence, but you don't save? Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife. There's conflict abounds. And so the law is paralyzed. Justice never prevails. The wicked hem in the righteous so that justice is perverted. Well, that could apply to our world today. And Habakkuk leads us in making those questions before God. But it's how Habakkuk does it that we need to notice. 
We can ask why of God out of rebellion. We can ask why of God and why don't you do something out of fear or out of despair or even out of our own pride. But Habakkuk teaches us to go to God with our questions and frustrations and our confusion with a sense of humility. And nevertheless, to ask God those hard questions. Now that's important. To be able to ask God the hard questions, but to ask them with a sense of humility and a sense of surrender. So, because otherwise, otherwise it's, it's going to feel like we're in control. That the only reason we can ask God why is because if He can explain it to us, then we can take over and fix everything that's going wrong. But when God answers Habakkuk in the following verses of uh, chapter 1 and then later on in chapter 2, he replies with essentially these words. (laughs) And they're they're surprising words. Habakkuk says, God, when, when... When I tell you that there's violence in this world and it seems like you don't do anything, this is God's answer. He says uh, in verse 6, I am raising up the Babylonians, that ruthless and impetuous people who sweep across the whole earth to seize dwellings, not their own. They're feared and dreaded people. They are a law to themselves and they promote their own hope. That's God's answer to why do you let evil happen? God says, oh, don't worry about it. So Habakkuk is talking about the evil that's happening within Judah, the injustice within Judah. God says, oh, don't worry about it. I'm going to take care of that injustice by sending wicked Babylonians to crush that injustice. And it's like, wait, 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 wait a minute. This, that can't be a good thing. And it adds perhaps to our own frustration. It adds to our own perplexity. And it's a response that certainly would have left the people of Judah and would have left Habakkuk dumbfounded. God punishing wickedness with more wickedness? Which doesn't make sense to us. Which in turn then focuses us to admit that we do not know the fullness of God's ways. We simply cannot understand all of the explanations that God might give to us as to why He permits some of the violence and horror in our world. Which then might cause us to ask the subsequent question, well then, why would we even address God and ask why? I mean, if we're not going to understand it anyways, why would we bother to ask God these questions of why He permits these awful things? Well, you see, here's the thing. When we only want the reasons for evil in the world, it easily becomes our effort to control all that's wrong in the world. 
We assume then that we can fix it. As long as we know the explanation, we'll correct it. But if we seek reasons for, the, for all the wrong in our world and in our world by honestly and humbly coming to God with our, albeit frustrated, questions, then we're meeting God. And that is the significant thing. Because otherwise, the temptation is simply to say, God's not doing anything. I'm, I'm just going to forget about God. But if we seek the reasons by honestly and humbly asking God, why God? Then we're coming to God. And that's the importance of asking, even challenging God. It brings us into the presence of God. So in other words, we ask God why. Not so much to get answers, but to seek God. And in seeing God's face, we see God's great. See God's grace. I'm a poet and I didn't even realize it. In seeing, seeking God's face, we're seeing God's grace. Meeting God face to face teaches us surrender. It teaches us our utter dependence on God and His grace, His favor to us, His love. And that's the answer we need. It's the only answer that's going to save us. See, Habakkuk also in his prophecy points out that in seeking God's uh, presence in the midst of a world of evil assures us that evil is not going to last. Evil will not last. There's this little section in chapter 2, verse 4 and 5. I'm going to read it uh, skipping one tiny little phrase that we might not otherwise notice, but it's in there on purpose to startle us. But here, without that phrase, is is what uh, the Lord's answer is in part. He says, See, the enemy is puffed up. His desires are not upright. Skip a phrase. Indeed, wine betrays him. He's arrogant, never at rest, because he is as greedy as the grave, and like death is never satisfied. He gathers to himself all the nations and takes captive of all the peoples. But it's all going to fall apart, is what God assures Habakkuk of. But the missing phrase is, is key here. See, the enemy is puffed up. His desires are not upright. And then we get this. Just a little phrase. But the righteous person will live by his faithfulness. The answer that'll save us is exactly that. The answer that'll save us is not all of the explanations that God could give to to what he's up to and all of his purposes. The answer is that the righteous will live by their faithfulness, constantly seeking God, His presence, and His grace. When we submit to God, 
we can rest assured that though evil invades our lives, it will not last. It cannot endure. Another cool uh, verse. Uh, in, also, as part of God's answer, Woe to him who builds a city with bloodshed and establishes a town by injustice. Hasn't the Lord Almighty determined that the people's labor is only fuel for the fire? That the nations exhaust themselves for nothing? Because evil's not going to last. God's going to have his way. Then get this. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. We saw a little bit of that in the testimonies of that video we saw. God's glory is still present in this world in the midst of war, in the midst of violence. And people are seeing that glory. The world simply wasn't made for evil. And so the conclusion of God's answer then is not just that the righteous will live by faithfulness, not just that God's glory will be filled, but that the earth wasn't made for evil and it will not last. And so God concludes, the Lord is in His holy temple. Let all the earth be silent before Him. Finally, when we present our why questions to God, we enter into His presence, we see the glory of God, and then we submit to His holiness, and we are silent. Silent out of peace that God is yet in control. And then we can trust that God really does know what he's doing. And then asking those hard why questions of God, they become important. They become important because they, they bring us into the presence of God, but also because when we ask why, it leads us to ask, well then, what is God up to? If he will establish his way, if he will accomplish his purposes, then asking God, why God, why do you allow this? Why God is this evil permitted? Will lead us in the confidence that God is establishing his purposes. It will lead us to say, okay God, then what are you doing? What are you doing in my life? What are you doing in the lives of the people around me? What are you doing here at church, God? What are you up to? And it causes us to come to attention, to pay attention to God and follow his lead in being light in this world. Let me quick finish up then just by kind of running through uh, chapter 3 of Habakkuk. Uh, if for no other reason, then we can say we worked our entire way through the book. Because, well, no, I, I want you to have at least a glimpse of chapter 3 because it's a wonderful prayer. And, and, and as I reflected on it, uh, four things stood out. After we've, after we've asked all of the why questions of God, and those are going to pop up throughout our lives, 
Rather than to simply squelch them and say, oh, I'm not allowed to ask that. We ask those why questions. It brings us into the presence of God. And then we can communicate with God. Then we can commune with God and pray to Him. And Habakkuk's prayer then consists of these things. On the one hand, Habakkuk prays in verse 2 of chapter 3, Lord, I have heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds. Lord, repeat them in our day. In our time, make them known. In wrath, remember your mercy. In other words, God, don't let me get used to the evil in the world. The evil is easy to see. The wickedness is entirely noticeable. But God, open my eyes to what you're doing in this world. Again, that's why we we heard from Steve. Some of the things that God is doing in the world, in the midst of the worst violence that we've seen in our lives, perhaps. God, don't let me get used to the evil in the world. That's easy to see. But let open my eyes to keep on watching out for where God is at work. You and I, we need to be praying that. God, open my eyes to see your hand at work. And then Habakkuk continues to pray in verse uh, 13. He says, You came out to deliver your people, to save your anointed one. You crushed the leader of the land of wickedness. You stripped him from from head to foot. In other words, only you, God, only you can save. So save me. Because you're the only one. It's way too easy for us living out here in Canada. I know we've, we've had some rough times this time last year, uh, right? Uh, causes us a little bit of worry. We see a little bit of rain. We think, oh, oh here we go again, right? And yet, and yet, our lives prosper in ways that cause us to forget that the only one that can save us from fear, the only one that can save us from our own sin, the only one that can save us from the violence of our world and the corruption and the injustice is God. So then, Habakkuk prays, verse 16, I heard and my heart pounded. My lips quivered at the sound. Decay crept into my bones and my legs trembled. I mean, it's hard. It's hard to sustain that kind of trust in God when we are surrounded by injustice and horror and terror and violence. But then he prays, Yet I will wait patiently for the day of calamity to come on the nation invading us. Teach me. Teach me to wait, God. We get so anxious, we get so frustrated, we just want to take control. But trusting in God is about letting God teach us to wait, to wait on God. 
And sometimes he seems way too slow for us. But teach us to wait. Lord Jesus, teach us to wait. And then Habakkuk finishes up his prayer with these wonderful words. Though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails, and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen, and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. Isn't that amazing? It's essentially, and I suspect the Apostle Paul maybe knew the book of Habakkuk well. And in Philippians chapter 4, you know these familiar words, and I suspect that Paul was reflecting on Habakkuk. Because when Paul uh, ministered throughout Asia Minor, uh, well, he met up with a lot of injustice, uh, a lot of violence against himself even. And in the book of Philippians, when he's sitting in jail and he's writing to the Christians of Philippi, he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. The very same thing that Habakkuk is saying. Though everything is stripped away, yet I will rejoice in God my Savior. May we be those righteous people that live in faithfulness so that we too can rejoice all our days. Let's pray together. Wow, God, who knew that good news could come out of the prophets who judged Israel and Judah, who judged your own people and warned them of their own wickedness. And yet, God, in the midst of that, we see your saving grace. You never simply condemn out of hatred or anger, but God, you bring your judgment upon us in order to save. You bring your judgment upon this world in order to save. And your hand is busy at work in this world. Help us to see it. Give us the faith, God. Open our eyes to see your hands at work in this world. And then may we imitate you. May we follow along, God, with your purposes in this world to be light and salt in this world, to work for justice, to reveal your kingdom, to show off everything that you are about, God, so that others may see your grace, your love, your kindness, your favor for us. God, that others may see your salvation and trust in you. God, you are good. And when we ask the question, why? Why, God, why? Give us the humility to submit to you. Because ultimately, ultimately you answered us. For God so loved the world. That he gave his only son. That whoever believes in Him shall have life and life everlasting. So we give you all the praise. We look to you, God. In our frustration and in our confusion, we look to you. Show us your mercy, God. Show us your compassion. 
Help us to live in your love, rejoicing every day. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please rise as we sing our song of response this morning. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of
right. Well, if you want to hear more about what goes on in Lithuania, uh, head on upstairs, grab a cup of coffee, head upstairs and uh, meet with Steve. And um, as you head into this week, move into this week with the joy of the Lord. Know that He upholds you no matter what you face. Know that He gives you strength in your weakness. He gives you wisdom in your foolishness. And He gives you love in the midst of every struggle in our lives. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn His face of love towards you and give you His peace. Amen.